Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always, his name is my name too, John Jacob Jingleheimer Opat. Wow. These are these are all pretty good. I feel like these are getting better. Oh, thank you. I'm getting more practiced, Adam. I, I, how much time do they take per week? Um... So I just have a note in my phone where I like whenever I think of one, I just jot it down and then I just go and copy and paste something from my notes app. Wow. You know, I was going to kind of save this to the end, but but I guess uh, I found a time to jam it in early. But Zach, as you know, this past week, one of our webheads has challenged me in chess. <laughs> that is so funny to me because we... <laughs> It feels like so long ago for us that we did that, but they probably, you know, just found the show recently and just listened, listened to that to episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That that really did, like, come out of nowhere. Um, and I'm sorry to say he he picked my ass pretty hard in game one and then again in game two. Let's and, go, uh, Webhead. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we're in game three, and it's actually it's actually pretty close. We we just played some moves. Like he, I'm looking at my phone now, and he just made a move. So I'm not going to go right now because I don't want to blunder. But he that, gave me a nickname. Yeah, what? Go on. I was going to say that cracks me up. Like because John was explaining it to me that he he could just get random invites from like strangers and from people all weird. over the world. You know? Yeah. And then a couple moves. A couple moves into this game with this guy, he's like, "Oh, by the way, man, love the pod." <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty funny, um, but he, but he gave me a nickname after game one or or maybe even game two. I don't know. I blundered my queen. Uh, the game was already over, and he said, "What was it? it? Was like Johnny O, the mean queen blundering machine." <laughs> <laughs> love so it. you can't use that one. Okay, that yeah. one's already used. I would have never come up with it because I don't play chess with you. Yeah, but thank you, Webhead, for that contribution to the pod today. Yeah, I think I'm going to get him here in game three. Um, but if anyone else wants to play me in chess, you can. but like you still lost the series. No, no, he's he's kicking my ass. It's like <laughs> Zach. It it gives like the term like he's playing chess and I'm playing checkers. I mean, it is like we're playing different games. He's like five moves into the future on all of these, and I'm just like running for my life the entire time. He's the Lakers and you're the Pacers last night. Yes. But also, if we're really getting into this, I think his rating is a little skewed because it says it's lower than mine. And this is like Charles Magnuson level chess playing. Yeah. And that's the best chess player in the world. Of course, yeah. Yeah. He's the goat. I got I think I got some of his cards in the back, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um I probably even got that name wrong. But what do you <laughs> have going on? Uh well, like I alluded, I watched the I watched that game yesterday and that was pretty disappointing. And then you, your kid looks really game, close, right? It, it looked it looked really close there until the. I mean, it was even one hundred two to ninety nine, and um, man, just didn't get the shots to fall. 
I think I'm bad luck because every time I watched, they were just missing everything and like well, not getting any layups. And then I'd look at my phone for a minute and then look back up and they've made it like a three point game. Well, they were missing everything all game, you know, but but that's like the benefit of when you shoot a million threes is if you do look away for two seconds and they happen to make two threes in a row, you know, that the 10 point lead turns into a four point lead and not, you know, so it, it was, it was a lot of that. It would be like, we'd cut it to, to five and then we'd miss five shots in a row and it'd go back up to 12 and then we'd make a couple threes and, you know, then we'd miss, you know, so it was, it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. TJ McConnell got hot there for a second. I thought he was going to have his eight points in nine seconds moment. Yeah. He yeah. Didn't. He looked like he was trying really hard, though. Yeah. <laughs> Love the hustle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how did uh, how'd your kids game go? It went it went well. You know, I might have said a couple weeks ago that we did win the preseason tournament fourth grade. And um and then we came out back to back weeks one and weeks two and we lost in like dramatic fashion at the end. After winning the entire game, we like gave up a big lead at the end both weeks. And then yesterday we just like we dominated them. We were down ten to two early on, and with like two minutes left in the game, we were up thirty two to twelve. And then we Let's like kind of sent sent in all of our you know, uh, you know, like players who we want to get more playing time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Or as uh, my parents would say, when I was playing basketball <laughs> in like fourth grade, those are Zach's minutes. <laughs> well, everybody has to play. And, you know, we, we are especially really good about making sure everyone gets like a good amount of playing time. But some kids still get more than others, you know. Yeah, you're trying to win, <laughs> some too. Some kids you want on the floor in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right. And other kids get Zach's minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I would be so good at basketball if I wasn't absolutely terrible. Yeah. I, I uh, understand the game really well. <laughs> that's that's so nice. That's No, that's me with football. I, I won the Mental Attitude Award in eighth grade football. Which just meant this kid really, really sucks, but he's <laughs> trying so hard, and he, he's got a good attitude about it. Though. Yeah, <laughs> he's giving it a go. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Tyrese Halliburton shoot, and his the arc to his shots is just so high. Yeah. And I realized I'm the anti Halliburton because I will just do a line drive right to the backboard. <laughs> And then it'll bounce off without hitting the rim every time. Dude, do you think Tyrese Halliburton is obviously so great, but there's something really goofy about watching him shoot. Like, do you think that at all? Or is that just me? Or he definitely stands out because for me, it feels like these are all like moonshots. Like, it's almost like he's not aiming for the bucket. He's aiming for the jumbotron and he just incidentally goes into the net. I I think dude that is how they all look. They they just like go so, and I I wonder if this is why they look like that. I think he starts his shot like very low. Like 
even like the middle of his body. And then I don't know something about his shot. I'm like, every time he shoots it, I'm like pretty surprised it goes in. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the game as well as you're giving mm. me credit for. I haven't picked up well, on no, that. But you but know if something looks goofy or not, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I noticed that the follow through looks good. Like I noticed that the ball looks goofy afterwards. Yeah. I haven't been yeah. paying attention to his form. I don't know what um, Goofy is on like skateboarding. I know that you, there, you could set yourself as either like normal or Goofy on Tony mm-hmm. Hawk's, and it just looks like Tyrese Halliburton has set his shot to Goofy. It's uh, whether your right foot is forward or your left foot is forward. Uh, are you it's, it's- are you a boarder? Um, no, I probably could have been because I loved those games and I like a lot of things that intersect with skate culture. But um, I just I have it's funny. Uh, it's funny. It's funny being like, I probably could have been a skateboarder. I like really like skateboarding. Videos. <laughs> That's such a low bar. To say. Yeah, I man, you could have. dude, I never left the house. You know, I just <laughs> like I don't touch grass. Um, no, I. <laughs> I had a skateboard as a kid and I thought I just sucked at it because I would like fall off of it two seconds after getting on. And then I looked at it again as an adult and realized it had a broken axle. And that was the problem the whole time. Wow. So if I had a good board, what maybe could have been. Learned. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, what about you'd you? Be doing you? A sk- you'd be doing a skateboarding podcast instead Hell of a yeah. Spider-Man one. I don't know how that would even go, but it sounds sick. What about you? Do you shred? I don't shred. I had a ripstick back in the day. Do you, do you remember a ripstick? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, my friends and I, we'd, we'd ride around on the ripsticks. And uh, I could not do anything more than just like ride in circles and just like, hang, you know, that's it. We just like go out on the driveway and like ride in circles and, yeah. and hang out. Yeah, I, that was the extent of my shredding. This is like a core memory for me. But one time in high school, I was at a friend's house on Fourth of July, and he lived out in the country. And his dad and his neighbor and his uncle and like a bunch of like dudes, like grown men that were having a cookout and kind of got drunk. They gave him like twenty dollars <laughs> to rip stick back and forth on the country road while they shot Roman candles at him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's pretty funny. It was very good that's, fun. That's very funny. Yeah. Did he get hit? Do you know? I don't. I mean, a, he acted like it, but he also could have just been being dramatic. Oh man. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're 12 and a half minutes in. Do we want to. You got anything else? I think anything else I have going on can can wait for the end. Yeah, I added a part to my my note for the episode where it just says other things at the end. And I've already hit on the NBA in-season tournament, so not doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. And I already talked about Boogity Boo beating me in chess, so we can't do that now. All right, let's send it over to the Better Business Bureau and then get into these issues. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. 
It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. And we're back. Excellent. Zach, I'm so sorry to say to myself that I forgot my iPad at the school. So I had to read these issues on my phone. And it was brutal. I didn't even notice until this morning when I went to read them. And I was like, oh my god, I know I left it at the school. And dude, not as good. They aren't as good. I'll just say it, okay? <laughs> you know, you could have done it on your computer. I've tried to before, and they won't pull up. Really? Yeah. I've never actually like, done it like on the can't... computer. I just know no, it's possible. I'm, I'm not sure if it is. You can, like, go to Marvel Unlimited, but I, I'm i not sure if you can, Zach. Oh, well, never mind then. Well, shoot, no, I dude. Mean, or you, you, you. Could... It's okay. Don't feel too bad for me. It's fine. No, I made it through. I've, okay, guys. I've read on mobile. It is terrible. Once you've once you've done an iPad for Marvel Unlimited, there is absolutely no going back. Well, I had to today, and we appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> All right, so we're in issue seventy eight and seventy nine, and. John, I am embarrassed to say I didn't catch it last week. So this episode is called, this issue is called Dumped. 78 is called Dumped. And you made some joke about it's just going to be Peter sitting on the toilet the whole time. And I didn't Did pick I, up on it. That sounds until, like me. That's some, hey, Zach, that's yes. some real toilet humor. Okay. Yeah, it was. And I didn't pick up on it until I was editing the episode. And I was like, oh, that's why he said that. It just kind of felt weird. But <laughs> this so one humored me. So you probably gave me like a courtesy laugh in the pod. And then probably. you didn't even... Okay. But yeah. Well, thanks for that. Um, so th- it's obviously Bendis, Bagley, Hannah, Iliopolis, Smith. But this one actually opens... The first panel is of someone in a bathroom stall. Oh my so, gosh, it is, isn't it? Zach, can can we take like a 10 second timeout for for station identification here? My cords are all messed up. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was easy. I got him as soon as I made us stop what we were doing to do it. All right, well, you've still got four seconds. <laughs> all right, and we're back. So so it opens with someone in a bathroom stall and it says dumped in real big that, letters right below it. That is it. funny that I made that joke now. I think they're making that joke too. But it's oh, it's kind of well, subtle. funny. Well they're funny yeah. guys also. Yeah, and then the uh the bathroom stall door has some funny graffiti on it. It, it does. Says, Tandy Bowen bites, Bendis rocks, and there's a good reason he's called Flash. Okay, so who is Tandy Bowen? She was the girl running for class president that you asked who that is. And I said, do you know Cloak and Dagger? The girl and you said for... no. Oh. Okay. So... You'll meet her eventually, but I think it's just kind of a 
an Easter egg right now. Okay. And then, um, do you think they're talking about Flash Thompson or like the Flash? And they're like making a joke about like the Flash. I think they're making a joke about Flash Thompson being too quick in bed. Okay. Because there is a Flash logo on the on the next stall. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's funny. <laughs> is there somebody in their grade that would be called like something Q? So, can can you see it? it says probably for, for a, a good time call something Q. Called the Q. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I um, think we went through those stalls. You said Bendis rocks, right? I I mean, the graffiti said Bendis rocks. <laughs> I mean, I'll concur, but it, it was it was also probably Bendis who put that there. Yeah. So, uh, Liz Allen approaches the stall and calls out for Mary Jane, who answers from the other side. And Liz says, "You okay? You've been in there for two hours." Mister De Palma was super mad. He gave you detention. And from the other, from inside the stall, Mary Jane says, okay, thanks for the update. And Liz asks her what's wrong and if it has anything to do with Peter breaking up with her. And Mary Jane says, I'm fine, before breaking down and sobbing. And Liz looks uncomfortable and walks away, leaving Mary Jane still saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. And... Uh, Later on, Mary Jane is sitting next to Peter in class as the teacher is yapping about how none of the kids did their homework. And she's wearing sunglasses, presumably because she's been crying. And she's taking... Zach, you pick up on so many things. That's what happens when you read on an iPad. You see so much more. (laughs) I know, for real. (laughs) Um, And she's taking notes, and Peter looks down at her notebook before scowling at her. Um, And I kind of think maybe he thought she was, like, writing notes to him because she does that throughout the series. But she's just actually taking notes in class. And she takes off her glasses and looks at him with a sad face. And then they both look away from each other. And Peter gets up and starts to walk out of the class. And the teacher asks him where he's going. And Peter just says bathroom. And then the teacher tells him to sit down. And Peter shoots back. Or what? You'll fail me? I could teach this class. And storms yeah. out. <laughs> Screw that teacher. Yeah. Really she showing those a bad job. underpaid professionals who's boss. <laughs> well, the teacher is just in there like ranting at them. <laughs> yeah. But... It's just like nobody did their homework. No one ever does their homework. Tong, what were you doing last night that was so important you couldn't do your homework? You heard it here, kids, from the mouth of a teacher. If if a teacher's being a dick, you can tell them that you can teach their class. Yes, exactly. Um, and but, the rest of Peter probably could. He's a smart kid. He is a smart kid. I don't know what class it is, but I believe in him. Yeah. No, I, um, I'm I'm sick of this teacher. I feel like every issue we're in here talking about him. And and every every issue, he's just like, you kids are never doing your work like you're supposed to. <laughs> Dude, maybe it's a you problem, okay? In this 
one, he's saying the homework was to watch a DVD and you still couldn't do that. How could I make it any easier? And here I am in 2023 thinking to myself, dude, where's everyone getting these DVDs? Did you provide <laughs> them? I mean, if it was on streaming, that'd be one thing. But mm -hmm. like just saying, go find this DVD, buy it and watch it. Like that's not yeah. super accessible either. Hmm. Actually, Zach, let's. Let's put that thought about DVDs in our pocket and let's save it for some comments on next issue that I just tied to it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Good tease. Um, so the rest of the students laugh at the stupid teacher and they're like hooting and hollering for Peter. And uh, Liz whispers to Mary Jane that the two of them are going to hang out later. And later on, we see Mary Jane and Liz at the mall. And Liz is telling a story that's in light gray ink instead of black ink to show us that Mary Jane's not really listening to her. Dude, how do you know what these things mean? I'm like in here reading the comments, comics like, why, why is this? Why does this look like this? I can barely even read what this, what this is going on. And Zach is just over here like, this is how it's drawn. And this, you guys are lucky to get Zach. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I mean. They had to put some words there. They had to show us that Liz was saying something. But whenever you see it grayed out like that, you just know the character is hearing womp, 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 womp. <laughs> okay. Okay, now I know. Um, And MJ tells Liz that she's she thinks she's going to go. And Liz asks her what's so special about Peter Parker. And we see Flash eavesdropping in the background. And he comes up and says, Parker dumped you? That's insane. You're an 8.4 and he's like a 4.8. Hey, that's a compliment. And that's with you wearing glasses and a dress that makes you look like you work on a farm. If you really tried, you'd easily be a 9.3 or 9.4. Flash Thompson, ladies, man. <laughs> uh, and the girls get up and start to walk away. And Liz says, Flash, you see these dirty looks we're giving you? They mean something. And Flash is like, wait, that's not actually what I came over to say. And he points to the guy that he was sitting with and says that his name is Mark Raxton. And Mark has long, dark hair, a leather jacket, and is carrying a guitar case. Very so we instantly cool know guy. he's cool. Yeah, yep, exactly. He's got all the visual signifiers. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Flash says Mark is on the basketball team with him and actually isn't anything like Flash. He's he's really a good guy. And he's in a band. And the reason Flash is I don't telling know, this girl, guy doesn't this this guy doesn't look like much of a hooper to me. Everything I know about this guy tells me he's not an athlete. I'll just say it. Everyone who's watched an 80s movie knows that, like, you got your geeks, you got your freaks, you got your sleazoids, you got your athletes, you got your whatever. And you, and you got your punk rockers. And you have to be one. And from two other things, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who does this guy think he is? Yeah. He can't be too cool, okay? <laughs> um, And... So the reason Flash is telling the girls this is because Mark thinks Mary Jane is cute and Flash told him he's her friend and would talk to her for him, which I'm realizing now doesn't make sense if he didn't know before just then that she broke up with Peter. 
What, the punk rocker? Well, Flash. Mm. Flash is like, oh, I know that girl. I'll go talk to her for you and, like, talk you up and maybe she'll date you. And then he walks over there and he hears, oh, shoot, you broke up with Peter? So so we are not giving Flash the benefit of the doubt that maybe he already knew that they broke up and he was just pretending like he had just learned it to, like, make a conversation. Maybe, but that feels a little too smart for him. Yeah, okay. It, it does seem like more he just heard it and it was the first thing he thought of, so he said it. <laughs> right, because everything he said after that just sounded like someone who's impulsive and well, yeah. he, he speaks their <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, that didn't, actually, you know what? That that didn't sound like a conversation he had rehearsed in his head. Now that I think about it, <laughs> it went so badly. It's it's funny. <laughs> um, and Mary Jane says she's not interested, and Flash says why? Because of Parker. What's so special about Peter Parker? So now that's the second time someone in yeah, this th- issue has asked her that. Yeah, this is a recurring, and it's not going to be the last time. Um. And just then, Mark kind of reads the situation from afar and realizes that Flash is, like, bothering them. And he comes over and apologizes to Mary Jane for sending Flash over and says he thinks he blew his shot with her. And she just smiles and thanks Mark. And then he's like, let me buy you guys some fries to make up for it. And Liz starts asking Mark questions about his band as Mary Jane spaces out. And it looks like Peter might be sitting at a table in the distance. But upon closer look, MJ realizes it's a girl. I didn't I didn't understand what she was looking at. I it was took, like, I was like, who is that? Who, who is that guy going to come back? <laughs> it took me a few looks at it, too. And I was like, why are we seeing a random person in the distance right now instead of the characters that are talking? And then I figured out that's what she was doing. Wow. The things you catch on an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a world of difference. Um, and Liz tells Mark that MJ recently went through a breakup and he says he's heard and he's met Peter. And MJ starts to say, don't make fun of him because that's what everyone else has been doing. And Mark says, why would I make fun of someone you like? He's a great guy, you know, for a guy. And he explains that all guys suck, and all guys know that all guys suck, but Peter's one of the better ones. And uh, Flash and Mark say they have to go, but Mark invites the girls to his band's next show. And I don't like this guy. (laughs) Yeah? Why? Getting a bad vibe. You're picking up some bad bad vibrations? Yeah. Well, let's see. (laughs) He's too cool. He's out here like, oh, yeah, guys suck. We all know it. You guys want some French fries? Come and see my band play. I don't like it. <laughs> Where does he get the nerve? Exactly. Uh, she's and going then, through a breakup, mister. Also, they said he's a senior and she's like 15. Yeah, dude, gross. And the next day, the girls are at the show and the singer is singing you're my molten man and I'm melting on you. And then does like a scream. That's the, is this your type of music? I don't think this music exists because this guy, you're a punk rocker. Yes. I get a lot of like 
signifiers that this guy is supposed to be cool and nobody's talking about, but he says some like weird stuff like, Oh, uh, the Ramones are the only band with a good singer. Not, not true. Not even like remotely true. Like I would not call Joey Ramone, one of the better punk singers, even of that era. (laughs) Um, they're fine. But you, oh, you know, so this guy's a poser. He's like me if I were trying to prove to you I like punk rock. I'd be like, yeah, like like the Ramones. You know, he, say, he says, "Let's playing up." That's a jam. It is a jam. He says it playing is. cover songs is like the least punk rock thing you can do, and it's like I love it when bands play cover songs. If you do too many of them, or you do like the most basic song ever, it's a little cheesy. But like some of the most punk bands I've I I know. Like, we'll throw one or two in occasionally, and it's fine. Name um, a punk band that hasn't played the all-time hit Blitzkrieg Bop. <laughs> you can't. They at least play it when they practice and don't tell exactly. anyone about it. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, when you look at his band, it looks like they all had different ideas when they said, let's start a band. Like... That episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where one guy's going for, like, (laughs) Sex Pistols, one guy's going for Bob Dylan, one guy's going for Buddy Holly. Glam rock, Glenn's going for glam. (laughs) Yeah, so you've got a Joan Jett-looking singer. Yeah, she looks like she's, like, I was thinking she's, like, doing Screamo, it seems like to me. I mean, it's, we don't know. At least the song is what I, she definitely does a scream, but you're talking to a music snob and I'll tell you screamo does not just mean anything that screams. Um, anyways, <laughs> so she looks like Joan, De- Joan jet. Mark looks like literally like Johnny Ramone. And then the guy next to them is like in a ripped up tank top that says the used. So he, he's liking more like current contemporary music. And then they've just got like, a shirtless shredded drummer in the back who looks like he's in like a vegan straight edge hardcore band. I think see to me, the shirtless guy and the tank top guy, they look like punk rockers. They but all the look other like two don't different, but I, but, but I'm not a music snob. I'm only thinking about this right now, this second. <laughs> they all look like different eras and styles of punk rocker. It's like, <laughs> Every high school band ever says, oh, our influences are the Beatles, Metallica, and Green Day. And it's like, it comes out as just the most generic, bad hodgepodge of, like, genres that have nothing in common. (laughs) And that's what these people are, but in, like, a punk version. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you done? Are you done on the high schoolers bands? Yeah, bro. Do you want to? Okay. Um... Well, actually not, because he says something later that's pretty cheesy, too. Uh, But for now, I am. But they're singing about Molten Man, and the inside joke there is Mark Raxton in the original comics was Molten Man. Hmm. So he's not going to become one, not going to become Molten Man in this series, but his band sings about him. I'm just going to say it, then. I'm making connections here. The the female singer is singing, "You're my molten man, and I'm melting on you." So that makes me think that sh- if if we're supposed to believe that this song is probably about Mark Raxton, because we get it, we all read comics, 
we know, then then those two are probably together. So so I knew I wasn't getting good vibes from this guy, Zach. He's he's a sleaze ball. Or he wrote the song about himself or from a that, lady's which perspective. Is, which, which is also a uh, what is that, a red flag. Yeah. Um and Mary Jane is just kind of standing in the back watching everything, and she sees someone in a Spider-Man costume, and she's like, oh my god, why is Spider-Man here at this concert? It's very goofy. And then the person takes off the mask, and it's just a dude. He's just, he was just wearing it for fun. Like Spider-Punk. But not really. It's just like regular Spider-Man. But this guy also is a, probably yeah. 100 pounds heavier than Peter, so I knew from the beginning it wasn't him. Um, I read on my phone, so I, I, <laughs> I knew it wasn't him also, because I saw this picture of him without a mask, like, at the same time. Did you just hear that fire truck go by? Yeah. Damn. Well, that's okay. Sorry Hopefully about that, Webhead. all right. Yeah, some idiot in my town doesn't know we're recording a podcast <laughs> and is having some emergency right now oh my god dude <laughs> um and afterwards outside the venue liz tells mary jane say i'm glad i came and mj repeats it and says i'm glad i came and liz says say i had a good time not sulking in my room and mary jane says i had a good time not sulking in my room and Liz says, say I promise to... And Mary Jane cuts her off and is like, we're done doing the repeating thing. The thing is, though, Mary Jane didn't have a good time. We saw panels of her. The only panels we saw of her, she was not having a good time. Yeah. Oh, and so, Kong's there, too, for some reason. I think they say, like, he has a car, so he's with the girls for their night out. I love it when, a, when Kong tags along. And he's in a Punisher shirt, which is very funny, because in this world, that's like canonically a serial killer that is funny um and mark comes up to mary jane and starts talking to her and he asks if he can take her home and he says he just wants to give her a ride as a friend since he knows she's dealing with boyfriend stuff and so she says yes and later mary jane is sitting in mark's car in front of her house as they talk and this might have been Bendis kind of self-inserting his own interests or something. Cause it oh comes my god, dude. A hundred thousand. I had stuff to say about this scene. Okay, so it comes out of nowhere. Mark <laughs> is like, do you know who Will Eisner is? And people who know are already rolling their eyes at this dude. And he tells her how Will Eisner invented comic books. And says he wants to do that with music. He wants to create something no one's ever thought of. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so funny that this person who's like, I don't know, probably wouldn't have a big comic book knowledge or like, like he's like a punk rock basketball player, whatever, <laughs> coolest guy ever. And now he's just like, oh, you know who this really obscure unknown guy is? He's the best comic book writer ever, and I want to do that too. And yeah, it's just a hundred percent Bendis, like clearly putting in one of his inspirations. Just I, like, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he wasn't like 
Do you know who Mark Bendis is? He's this new comic book writer that's just the best ever, and I want to do that with punk rock. Are we combining Bendis and Bagley into Mark Bendis? Oh, whatever. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, That would have been really vain. But I, it's just funny. He's like, I want to create something that's never been done before. And his solution to that is he's playing in a punk rock band that's like in the style of the Ramones. They're at most using four chords per, per song and playing them really sloppy. That's like the whole deal. Oh, this he's is not creating anything new. Um, yeah. yeah, no, they seem like they're terrible. So that's that that I, I thought was really funny. And and I also I think that we're supposed to laugh at this guy a little bit. Like he's For like sure. the senior who like thinks he's like the, the coolest guy ever, kind of. Because it seems like from from the one page we saw, their band is terrible. And yes. um and then he's like he's just the guy who's like, What we're doing is so important. We're changing the way music is heard. And it's like, okay. You're yelling into the microphone. I thought they were playing Screamo. So everyone knew like a guy in high school who thought he was like so artsy and like saw him as like, himself as like the next John Lennon or, or, you know, Ernest Hemingway or something. And it's like, this is that guy for <laughs> yeah. Midtown High. Yep. Um, and then also when he's like, I want to create something that no one's ever thought of, I'm like, first of all, I was thinking, that's not really a thing. Like all music is kind of inspired by something else. But you're then, a hater, Zach. Literally the next. What about day, David Bowie? Okay. What about him? <laughs> he was kidding. new. He was fresh. Yeah. He painted I, his face and pretended to be an alien for a whole album. Yeah, maybe Mark should have thought of that before David Bowie did. Yeah. Um I I did find myself thinking like how often does that ever happen? And then literally the next day after I read this issue, I was revisiting the first Sleigh Bells album and I found myself thinking, how the hell did they like how do you go to a producer and say this is what I want it to sound like when there was nothing like this before? And then I was like, "Oh, okay. Mark wants to create Sleigh Bells. Got it." I don't know what that is. Dude, <laughs> As soon as we get off here, go and what's it called? I think it's called Treats. Go and listen to Sleigh Bell's first album from 2010. This is going to be the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's called Treats. It is at this point, it's almost 14 years old. It's not going to sound like anything you've ever heard. Like, okay, it, every every time, every time I every time I hear something that doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard, but it but it's like a different music. Here's what I think of: I think of um, the one band that I learned about in my history of rock and roll class that was terrible, whose name will come to me at some point throughout this issue, and I think of like Yoko Ono, whose whose music is just like guttural yelling. And is is this going to be like that, Zach? It, I I almost don't want to <laughs> tell you what it sounds like because okay, I think it inspired like hyper pop, um, but it it preceded it by like ten years, and it's rock, you know. But it's still that very uh, 
like fried bass and like blast stuff, but it's also like got pop sensibilities. It's really simple, okay. but super heavy. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. What's it called? Uh, sleigh bells. Food. What is it? Food. <laughs> sleigh bells. Treats. Why did I treats? <laughs> okay, that's what you were thinking of. That's, that's where I got cat food. In case you're wondering, yeah. Treat. My favorites um, are okay. real, 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 and crown on the ground. But I mean, the whole album. Like once you hear one or two of them, you're like, oh, okay, they all sound like this. But this is not like what anything else sounds like. Yep, I can dig it. There's there's some good stuff. I was just I was just joking around. The Beach Boys no had an album like that back in the day. Um, I think that one is actually called Pet Sounds, funny enough. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I'll be, yeah. So, okay, I'll check them out. Let's yeah. see. Now well, I'm that's curious. That's what Mark Raxton's doing. What band from your history of rock the mothers and roll of in, the, mo- the, mothers, the Mothers of Invention. Oh, Frank Zappa. Yeah, I know. And I know Frank Zappa's like great. But the couple of songs that we had from Mothers of Invention that I had to listen to were, like, unlistenable to, I thought. Yeah, I don't get Frank Zappa. Oh, but yeah. Th- but that's not my wheelhouse, you know? I'm not, like, a classic rock guy, for the most part. Yeah. I know what I like, and I kind of stick to it. Yeah. Anyways, we got all the way off track. This Mark dude is a goofball. He he irks <laughs> me in very personal okay, ways. Okay, good. I'm glad he irks you, too. But I think he's harmless, but he's still annoying. Um, okay. And he asks Mary Jane what she wants to do after he just, you know, said he wants to create after music. After he no talked about done. comic books to her. Yeah, yeah. He kind of dominated the conversation and set the bar absurdly high, like poserishly high. <laughs> and then he's like, so what do you want to be? And she said she used to want to be an actor but then she realized she doesn't actually like any tv shows or movies or actors but she does admire teachers and thinks maybe she wants to do that oh that's so nice it's it's (laughs) it's funny going from the class with her teacher who just yells at them all the time (laughs) to like this thought (laughs) yeah what the hell teacher rubbed off on her in a positive way yeah (laughs) um and she says she's never told anyone that. And Mark asked her why she told him. And she's like, I guess we were having a moment. And then he leans over and kisses her. And she recoils away in shock. Oh, is that how you read that? What do you think happened? I think that they like made out for a bit before she was like, oh my gosh, no. I, I, I just remembered. Like, you know. I can't. The That's hard- what that seemed like to me. She was she was doing it, dude. She Web seemed heads, into it for a second. Listen up, okay? If you want girls to make out with you, talk to them about comic books. You're in. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to tell how much time passes. So it's like, was it like a one second kiss that she was into for like a half a second? Or were they like actually making out who's oh i think it was like that i think it was like that i think it was like a a second or two you know yeah i think she was she thought she's full on she's like do i want recoiling she yes in the very next panel she's like her back is against the door i don't think it's (sighs) like 
she was threatened or mad at him. I think she was just like, oh, I'm surprised. Recoiling is like, no, what are you doing? This is more like, oh, no, what am I doing? You know? It's both. And also, you even just did a hand <laughs> signal. You were like, recoiling is this. And you put up both of his hands. No, re- She's yeah, like, recoiling, is, reco- recoiling is pushing back. Not recoiling is pulling back. You know? Okay, she's and not she recoiling. Has one recoiling in each position. She's got one and She's pushing with one and pulling with the other. She's got one over her mouth like, what did I do? And she's got one out to him like, she, what did you do? But that's just because she was holding his holding his shoulder. Look, that, that arm is that arm is even reaching towards him, I might even say. But I'm just reading on a phone, Zach. So. This is high art. This is like discussing the Mona Lisa. Is she smiling? Is she not? Was she into that's it? True. Was she not? Yeah. We uh, could dissect these pages for hours. But we're going to try not to. No, we won't. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, sorry, the legend of Peter Parker. And he asked about the breakup, and she says Peter broke up with her, but was probably right, too. And she says he needed more from her and even told her 50 times, but she didn't listen. And she talks about wanting to be able to grow up and learn from her mistakes and says that she still loves him, but thinks he hates her. And she says she's going to be she's going to prove herself to be worthy of his friendship. And Mark asks what's so special about this Peter Parker. And for the first time in the issue, Mary Jane answers and says everything as the issue ends. (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm glad you read that in like a dorky girl girl teenage voice. <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't really answer the question. It's like a cop out answer. What's so special about Peter Parker? He's Spider Man. Okay. No, but uh, okay. So that shouldn't be the answer. If that's why she's dating him, she shouldn't be dating him. Yeah, but it is. But yeah, every time she doesn't answer, the implication is that she can't tell people. He's Spider-Man. But if that is her reason for staying in the relationship, then she doesn't actually love him. She loves Spider-Man. Well, so she if she said but, he's sweet, he's thoughtful, he's smart, he's funny, we get along, like, okay, that's a reason why you should be dating Peter Parker. I dig it. Okay, but but couldn't it also be him Spider-Manning doesn't necessarily mean because he's a superhero. Like, Spider-Man has characteristics also, right? He's sticking up for the little guy. Yeah, he's, he's brave. He's bad he guys in their place. Yeah. He has responsibility. And, and it does also, like, seeing how Peter, all the stuff he has to deal with because he's Spider-Man, also, like, that's, those are, like, those are, like, traits of Peter, you know? I I get it. So, but you, you see so what I I'm think, saying? I do, I do see what you're saying. Um, but I think, but you know, Mary Jane's not that shallow. So oh, then don't, why, why are you always hating on Mary Jane? Are you kidding me? I love Mary <laughs> Jane. I gave myself this issue because I was, I was like, I'd rather spend time with Mary Jane right now than Peter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm just saying if, if those are the traits about Spider-Man that you like, when people ask you what's so special about Peter Parker, say those traits without saying he's Spider-Man. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's true. She, she, 
Well, you know, she also just didn't want to probably actually tell people. Who wants to talk about it? You know, that is true. It's a oh, story. what's so great about your ex boyfriend? Let me list the reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so I gave it eight point five out of ten crappy punk rock bands. It was just a fun little bread and butter issue. Not high yep. stakes anymore. No more moping Peter. Really, just uh, just what's Mary Jane? Oh, up we'll to? get back to it. We'll get back to it. <laughs> if you miss that, don't you worry. <laughs> um yeah i've got this one at an eight out of ten people melting on you so it's funny we both went to the same <laughs> we both went to the same thought on our grading scales yeah um and i said uh you know good kong stuff i love a good story with kong in it um i was hooked by page one literally it was one of the issues where i'm like ah. Oh, I hate that I have to take notes on this because you read a page and then you type up the notes and I just want to like be like, is me going to make out with this guy or what? What's going on? <laughs> Skip to the good stuff. I <laughs> um, and I said, although MJ does make out with the punk rock guy, she doesn't let it turn into a multi thing or a multi-story thing, which yeah. I'm proud of her for. You I think know. we're done with this dude. I think he just popped in here as a vehicle for Mary Jane to tell us how she's feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Eight out of ten. Cool. All right. Ready for yours? I am ready for mine. This is issue 79, Warriors, part one. And um, it's our normal creative team. And we open on a in a big fancy penthouse. And there's two people in there, and they're rewatching a news story. And here's here's why I here, remember earlier when we put that little comment about the DVDs back in our pocket, Zach. I sure do. This issue seems to bring up TiVos a lot, <laughs> like a noticeable amount. And this is the first time it does bring up TiVos. And I didn't even put it in my notes because I'm like, that's not important. But then they talk about TiVos again later. And he's like, hey, I TiVoed this news story. You got to watch it. What what was going on with the writers during these issues about, like, digital media things? I'm wondering if they were selling just product placement. A, what? Dude, may, they, they might have been. Because why wouldn't the teacher just be like, it's a video. How easy is it to watch a video? You know, and why wouldn't these guys just be like, look at this new story I recorded? You know, like it does feel a little pushed in there. Uh, anyway, it's just something to just something to think about. I'm pretty sure this was around the time that my mom wanted a TiVo for Christmas and for like a month wouldn't stop talking about TiVo. That. So maybe it was just like all in the zeitgeist and that's a, why they put it in. Or it's maybe a cultural was thing. Like, have, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like when the is, first iPhone it. came out and people were like, this changes everything. I need an iPhone. And it did. Like Mark Braxton's band, the iPhone did change everything. Yeah. Didn't make reading comics any easier, though. <laughs> Um, okay, so they are they are rewatching a news story that was TiVoed by, uh, and it's about one of Kingpin's associates, and he's being indicted for something or other. And Fisk Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin, is being associated with it. 
And one of the guys, the bigger guy, he's like, what does this have to do with me? And the other guy kind of creeps out of the shadows and says, what does it have to do with us? And this guy, the one thing we know about him is he has long silver hair. And his name is Silvermane. And that's pretty comic book-like. Not to be confused with Gucci Mane. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's he comes in later. <laughs> Did I ever tell you when I was in college, Gucci Mane was in the federal penitentiary in Terre Haute, and there was a guy my freshman year on my floor who would try and go to the visitation on like Saturdays and say, I'm here to see <laughs> Gucci Mane. And his whole plan was I'm gonna get in good with this guy, he's gonna get out of prison. And I'm going to be part of his entourage and live in his mansion and smoke his weed. And Gucci may never saw him. That is not the worst plan of all time. (laughs) There's a universe where Gucci Mane is so lonely in prison that he just takes a random visitor. (laughs) Hey, there's some 18-year-old loser here to see you. That's pretty, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's pretty funny. Um, okay, so Kingpin is kind of under investigation, right? That's where we're at. And these two guys are talking, Silvermane and this bigger guy. And Silvermane is like, you know, I always liked you. We should do a team up. And, um, he's like, Kingpin's got to lay low for a while. So, so we should do a team up and take over his territory. So the other guy's a crime boss also. Yeah, yeah, he... He says, you've got a lot of moxie. I like a lot of the stuff you do, but the one thing you're missing is my brains. <laughs> yep. That's that's also a really... Fu- that guy's never read How to Win Friends and Influence People. No. Because that's not how you get someone to want to join your team. <laughs> you know what you're missing? Smarts, kid. Um, what are you, so stupid? The other- <laughs> So the other guy, he's like, okay, that's a pretty good deal, except for one thing, and he smashes Silvermane's head. And then he does kind of give a stupid guy response, though, and he's like, I've got all the up here I need, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, so so he's not a very smart guy. I'm not as think as you dumb I am. Yeah. And so, so who was that guy? I think we find out his name's Hammer, maybe, or something. Or hey, Hammerhead. You want to give it? Give us a rundown on him. Yeah. So he's got a flat top head, and he looks like a like 1930s gangster. And it's Hammerhead. He's like a classic Spider-Man villain. He's just one of the other gangster types in New York. And his head—he's kind of like Cousin Eddie in uh, Christmas Vacation. He's got like a metal. Yeah, we know plate. he's stupid. He's stupid. We already heard. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. He's got like a metal plate in his head that makes him like kind of unbreakable or unkillable from up there. So you'll see oh. him like take bullets to the face and. Uh, uh, well, later on they say he's a mutant. He'll like headbutt people. I don't know what his deal is here in the Ultimate Universe. We haven't okay. seen him yet. Okay. Apparently, I looked it up. Apparently, he's appeared in Ultimate Spider or Ultimate X Men, and they thought he died. And he has a throwaway line here where he's like, I got better. Oh, yeah. So is this is not the guy that we met in the Mary Jane Black Cat comic that we read. 
the bonus. That was a different, like, other gangster, right? Yeah. Are you talking about Count Nefaria that helped them out, the dude who was watching movies? No. Remember, they went they they went and, like, robbed a gangster where, like, she dressed up as Black Cat. And it was, like, another big gangster in the city. And I was like... Oh, that was Tombstone. Yeah, different yes. guy. Okay, okay. There's a few different mob bosses in New York. I don't like that. I think Kingpin should be the only one. It makes Kingpin feel not as big when there's like when f***ing Silvermane is the other mob boss. I don't know when that comic was made, but sometimes Kingpin has like bigger machinations. Like he's been the mayor of New York before. You know, okay. sometimes he goes legitimate and has even more power, which is the scary thing yeah. about him. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, Silverman's dead. Hammerhead breaks his neck. So we're back in class the next scene. And it's the same class period as when the teacher's yelling at them for the DVDs. So so now we are going to get to see. Remember, Peter walked out of class. Now we're going to get to see where Peter went. But right now we are uh, we're sitting in class with Peter and we're reading his internal monologue. And he's kind of fighting with his himself about his decision to break up with Mary Jane. But he decides that she's almost gotten killed six out of the last 12 big Spider-Man adventures. And he isn't going to put her in danger just because he doesn't have anything to do on a Friday night. Which is a very mature decision of his, I would say. But I wonder if we went back and read the last 12 big Spider-Man adventures, how many times Mary Jane has almost died. I thought of the same thing. <laughs> and also, I'm wondering how he defines danger. Because it's like, the Doctor Strange thing was essentially a dream. But it was very traumatic to him. It convinced him that she's going to die. But, like, she was just yeah. totally fine. Yeah, and then, that's like, true. Hmm. The Wolverine thing, Wolverine, like, pretty much molested her he's like is I was, he considering i was i was, I was about to say i thought for a second you were going to be like she wasn't in danger or anything and i was going to be like well zach sweet you know <laughs> no the danger found her yeah. <laughs> but peter might not be counting that as danger that's what i'm so saying it, so it could even be more than that i feel like he's hmm. just estimating i feel like he just threw yeah, out pro- a number probably probably uh, she but, does, but we didn't check, so we didn't get them. She did does we? get in trouble, in danger a lot. Yeah. So, but Peter thinks to himself, well, she'll probably just be dating someone by the end of the week. Someone stupid like Flash Thompson, and I'll have to pretend like I don't see them making out in the lunchroom, and I never get to make out with anyone, because with great power comes not making out with your girlfriend. <laughs> and it, that was pretty funny. Don't you hate it when people wrong you in hypothetical situations that you just made up? Um, except, except, Zach, Peter says she'll be dating someone by the end of the week, and she made out with another guy by the end of the day. So he's still not in the wrong, I don't think. <laughs> hey, it was the next day. I don't think it was. I think they went to the mall that day because they Liz went to the mall that day. Me today. Oh, yep. but then, but then the band. okay, okay. He says my show is tomorrow night. Yep, you're right. Okay, she waited a bit. Two days. Yeah. So, so he's he's not wrong, but 
but generally, yeah, it's it's no good thinking about what people do to you in hypothetical situations. Peter, no good's going to come of that. And and no good does because he spirals and he gets himself all worked into a tizzy and that's when he just has to leave class. So he storms out and um and he and he swings out, he's swinging around to Spider-Man and he's like, oh, why did I Spider-Man no more?" I should have Peter Parker no more. And I think it's really funny that they use the term like no more as a verb, like how we use it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, why did I Spider-Man no more? I shouldn't have Spider-Man no more. <laughs> it's like, that's how we say it too. <laughs> he says Spider-Man's not the problem. Peter Parker's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... So I guess he's going to decide to Peter Parker no more. And um, then we cut to Kingpin and he wakes up in his bed. He's woken up by his assistant and he says, Silvermane is dead. His head got smushed. And Kingpin knows something's up because no one's taking credit for the killing. And his assistant is like, maybe this is a good thing because now Silvermane can't come after all your territory. But Kingpin just he knows something's up, so he gives him a stern look and he says, "Get me Electra." And Kingpin's assistant is like, "Hey, I don't, I don't know if that's the best idea. You need to lay low. You're under investigation." But Kingpin insists on getting Electra. Oh, Zach, I've been debating if I want to try to do the Kingpin voice. Should I do it? Do it. I was okay. looking forward to hearing you read in the Kingpin voice. <laughs> okay. Okay, so he's he's insisting on getting Electra, even though his assistant says it's a bad idea. And he says, they need to know. Be afraid of me. Perfect. I think that was pretty good. That was maybe that, one of my better ones. That was really good. When I practiced this, it was more Batman, I felt, than Kingpin. You rehearsed <laughs> your lines. Well, I, I did it one time really quickly, you know, right when I wrote it. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. Anything for the pod. <laughs> so on this, then then we cut to the shipping docks and we see some of Kingpin's guys and they're like maybe robbing a shipping container or they're looking through it or something. They're scheming to steal and sell black market TiVos. Which was a big market at that time. Which, which which would have been, yeah. Everyone's talking about it. And apparently, like, TiVos and DVDs, like, Zach, the, the world's going digital, okay? I don't know if you know that, but it, it, it just is. TiVos and DVDs are the future. There's no more technology that we can advance. <laughs> yep. And just then, the big guy Hammerhead walks up with Kingpin's old goons, Fancy Dan, Ox, and Montana. And he's kind of talking bad about Kingpin. He's like, uh, there's not as much work as there usually is. You guys, you know, I'm sure you could be feeding your families better, blah, 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 blah. And one of these guys pulls a gun out on him, and um, he says, you mutant freak, F you. And he shoots Hammerhead in the head. And um, the big guy, Hammerhead, he shakes off the bullet and and he's like, hey, enforcers, I know you're talking to fancy Dan Ox in Montana. He's like, I know you're new to my employ, but when someone shoots me, shoot them back. 
And Fancy Dan is like, sorry, boss. Right, right away. And he starts shooting people. And Hammer... And then Hammerhead takes over and he's like, any of you guys that want to stay here, you work for me now. Anyone who wants to leave, get out of town. And, um, and so he takes over the business. Okay, now here's what I don't get. Here's what doesn't make sense. He takes over the business and then he's like, what are, what are we selling here? What is this? And, and they're like, it's all Tivo's It's Tivo's as far as the eye can see. We're going to be rich. <laughs> don't you hear me? It's a good score, boss. <laughs> Crack just don't sell like it used to. <laughs> and Hammerhead is like, this is this is small time T-Bones. <laughs> and he just blows up the entire shipping container. And, and he just walks away. He's like, this is too small time for me. He like but- shoots the, the gas pipe and... Yeah, cool guys don't look at explosions his way I, out. I I did say he walks away like a flipping badass. <laughs> the explosions right behind him, but he also draws a lot of attention to himself in the he, scene. It's like, yep how how long do you think it takes to blow up a building in Manhattan and get away from the scene before someone sees you? Like, I just <laughs> wouldn't be blowing up buildings. Yeah, in in a city. Where there's like superheroes on every corner, and there by the water, he's probably like half a mile from the Triskelion and the Ultimates. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he didn't think this one through. His plan was to take over. Whatever, maybe he did need Silverman's brain. Lot of lot of lot of TiVo money. He just flushed (laughs) away. (laughs) Yeah, he. This guy is an idiot. Oh, okay. Poor Silverman. He was he right. hated Silverman because he spoke the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and just as this explosion happens, of course, Spider-Man is, is Spider-Maning by. So he swings in and he looks up and he sees this figure standing on the roof. And he's like, hey, you know, what help, help or something. And then he looks back and the figure's gone. It's Electra that's standing on the roof. And then he looks back and she's gone. And then Zach, you'll have to explain to me what happened. Like the, it looks like like the panel kind of blacks out except for Spider Man, and it's almost like someone turns off the lights on him, but he's like outside. Is that what happened? Someone just like I think it's just a stylistic thing, or maybe they you- were running running short on the deadline or something. Okay. I don't think I don't think we're, that's supposed to be taken literally. I don't think his costume changed to solid blue and everything around him changed to black. I think it's just like a well, the words thing. the words in there also like don't make any sense. That's why I thought maybe he got like the lights turned out on him because he's like oi oi oi. <laughs> he says it's he's my like, fault oh, for coming it's my here. My fault for coming here. Yeah. I don't even know what he's I, referring to. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. That was very clunky. Okay. Well, let's just pretend though that then let's just pretend like that panel's not even in here. So he looks he looks back and Electra's gone and then he kind of looks back to the explosion and he's like, you know, trying to figure out what's happening and then all of a sudden he just gets rocked by this big metal pole and this big boot and we see Moon Knight standing over him and he says, "Tell me what you've done here or the last thing you'll feel on this earth is Moon Knight cutting your throat out." 
and it ends. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What did you think? Um, Pretty solid. I liked the scene where we got like Peter's perspective of the same thing with Mary Jane. And we yep. kind of heard him thinking about like, you know. Yeah, that was good. I like that it, it gave it gave a little bit of context to like the angry looks when he was looking at her because in that first issue when he's like kind of gives her a quick angry look it's like dude what like why are you being so pissy you know yeah like and now we know what his internal monologue is he's like working himself up kind of yeah it's still uncalled for but it kind of makes sense now um Yeah, this is about to kick off a, a good long arc. Kind of excited to get into it. Oh, does it? Do we get a good long Kingpin arc? Yeah, and Electra and Mood Knight and Hammerhead. Okay. A lot of, lot of stuff set up here in this issue. Yes, I, I. that's almost like exactly what I said. I said, I, I love a good Kingpin comic. I thought things do get, they did get a little messy because they introduced so many people. It's like, okay we get two new players right away, Kingpin and Silverman. And then the enforcers come. You mean Hammerhead? Yeah. What did I say? Kingpin. Oh yeah. We know know him well at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But all in the same issue, you know, we, we get Kingpin, Hammerhead, Silverman, Electra comes in and then Moon Knight shows up out of nowhere at the end also. And like the enforcers come back, which is always fun. So, so it is a, a good bit of fun. It was a lot. I think it did a good job, you know. Um, so I liked it. I gave it another 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 TiVos that fell off the back of a truck. Knew it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it uh, 7.5 out of 10 TiVos. I'm, I'm pretty close there. I am, I'm definitely, just from this setup, I'm more excited for this arc that's coming up. Um I'm hoping it kind of fixes the slump that we fell in with the Hobgoblin arc, because that was kind of disappointing. Was it? I thought we liked that. I mean, we like all of them, kind of. I mean, we we said they set up a lot and they didn't do a lot with it. Yeah. They're really setting up a lot here. Like, everyone has got something to do, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's five issues of good setup and then one issue of disappointing... And you still liked five out of six. You know, that's still a good run. That's true. This isn't what we said the last time we talked about it, but we've slept (laughs) since then. I can't be expected to remember every opinion I've ever given on something. Uh, It was so Um, funny. So I was trying to figure out if we've seen Hammerhead before. And so I went back and I read like the very first, um, kingpin arc from like way early on in the show and i had forgotten so much from it and i was like wow the art style looks so different the lettering looks so different in this in from the very first kingpin arc like issues five and six or something it look everything like looks different yeah differently yes and it changed so gradually you don't notice it in real time but if you like go back you're like holy shit we actually have been through a lot. Yeah. Well, it's not. Is it the same artist? It's still still Bagley, but 
um, you realize like how much of a difference the colorist and the yeah. inker and the letterer make. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, anything else on Spider Man? I don't. This one, there's not really that much to read into. The plot is just kind of right there. Um, it's just setting stuff up for the future. Mm-hmm. You got anything? Nope. Not okay. Spider Man related. All right, we can get into more of our other things. Um, I can't remember if you've recommended this to me before. I know many people have. Um, me and Shiloh binged the first season of Invincible this week. Oh, yeah? Have nice. you seen it? Yes. Okay. I probably was the one that told you to watch that. You very well might have been. Yeah. Yeah. We loved that. That was good. This second... this <clears throat> There's like an hour-long Adam Eve special... Ooh. And then this second season only has four episodes so far. And then the next four come out um, at the beginning of January. And um, it's pretty good. I mean, I really like that show. I actually I actually sat down. I was like putting Christmas decorations up yesterday. And I threw um, Invincible season one on just to like try to run through run through it and watch it again. And Because Christmas and, and Invincible, those go together, right? Naturally. Yeah. Um, um, gosh, that first episode though, it's like, wh- what? What did? What did you think when he showed up and killed all of the guardians? Like, did you know that was going to happen? I I saw it coming. I knew Omni Man was a bad guy. I knew because that first episode is presented as very wholesome up until that point. There's not a lot of gore. There's not like cussing. Um, everyone is presented at face value as like either good guys or bad guys and then slowly the show kind of reveals itself to be very mature and focus on like kind of the gray in people yeah um but i i knew all along what i was getting into was going to be like closer to the boys than like a kind of a standard superhero thing yeah but i still i still it hurt to see the guardians get killed i like the batman (laughs) dude um yeah, and I'm glad you told me that there's an Adam Eve special because she's probably our favorite character. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to watch more of it. Nice. Um, And you watched Doctor Who also, the one that I made you watch. I've uh, Yeah, I watched the first episode, still need to <clears throat> watch the second one. You haven't watched the second one. You told me you'd watch it before I we got to talk, told Zach. You, I would. I know. I'm so sorry. But then <sighs> we okay. got Invincible pilled. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's fair. Also, I figured if we talk about it now, that's less for us to say during the Doctor Who special. Okay. And I, I want the same thing. I want that to pop off. Okay. <laughs> That'll pop off. Yeah, as the kids Okay, say. well, the third one came out also. So, oh, get it? um, yeah, and, and there's actually a Christmas special that comes out also, and then and then we'll be done with Doctor Who for a while, you know, probably like eight months until the next season comes out or whenever. I don't even know when it will be. So is the so, Christmas special part of this event, or was this event three episodes, or is there a fourth I episode? I think the Christmas event is its own thing. Where now it's going to be like the first story with the new Doctor. But I think there's a chance we might still get some like old 
old doctor stuff. Like the, it, it might still be like a bigger event than just like the yearly Christmas special, like which is which is just like always a, a Christmas episode of some kind. You know, gotcha. Um, it might still end up being a a big one. It wouldn't surprise me, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it's just like its own standard thing. You know. So is David Tennant's thing three episodes and it's done, or is there still a fourth one to come out? David Tennant's thing is three episodes and it's done, but it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe see him again in the fourth one. Understood. Okay. Somehow. So are we going to do that episode after the fourth one or like next week? We probably should. We probably should. We might as well do it after the fourth one. Okay. And then I had a thought the other day. Um, New Year's Day is going to be our one year anniversary since we first launched. Um, Really? And I was thinking maybe we could do a little uh, year in review episode. Maybe we could do like awards, you know, like biggest piece of work or uh, favorite issue or something like that. Um, Okay, that'd be fun. Yeah, I I think we could even I think that wouldn't even have to be a bonus episode. I think that that could be its own weekly episode. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm trying to make it marketable, but you're you're like, I don't want to do two episodes at (laughs) once. I'm I'm already thinking, but we're doing the Doctor Who bonus episodes. So (laughs) we'll see. We've got two bonus episodes to do. (laughs) We'll figure out how we want to do it. Yes, but that sounds fun. Cool. All right. You got anything else? Yes, I do, Zach. I have two small things. Okay. We have talked before about like Jonathan Major stuff, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I think we even talked about why don't they just recast him? Yep. Have you heard this rumor about this clause in his contract? No. What's going on? Okay. There, there's a rumor that there's a clause in Jonathan Main's Jonathan Major, Majors, Jonathan Main, like Silvermane. Yeah. But um, Jonathan Major's contract that says he is the only one who's allowed to rep, he's the only one who's allowed to like portray Kang in the movies because it's like a big multiverse thing. He had that like written into his contract. So that's why they can't just recast him. Damn. And, and the thought is. Probably if he gets found guilty for something, then there will be some sort of clause that they could, like, you know, opt out of. But until that happens, they can't do anything. So that's why they're just going to end up scrapping it because they can't wait for they they can't wait, you know, for him to be found guilty and then recast him and then do everything. It's easier to just like scrap the whole thing. That sucks. They should not be putting those clauses in Dude, there. They how should... stupid can you be? I mean, you got to protect <sighs> yourself. Um, and also, like, know who you're working with. Like, but, I feel but you like... know what? At the same time, is that not Jonathan Majors like protecting himself? Like, what? 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 What a good idea. Also, you know that you're dealing with this studio that recast people has recast people in before before and they're doing this multiverse storyline where there's a million different variants. That's just good lawyering right there. You yeah. know, 
I'm surprised Disney didn't have better lawyers. Me too. I'm I can't believe that they like got played so hard and it blew up in their face, obviously. Yeah. Look, we're both men of the law. We get after it. You win some, I win some. But at the end of the day, there's a mutual respect there. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I've got one more small thing. This is a really small thing. But I think last week we were talking about Duel of the Fates. And we maybe even talked about, did we say it's like the most most recognizable tune immediately? Where you can hear that theme and be like, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, do you think that's the most recognizable tune ever? I mean, is it would, like for the, Star Imperial, Wars? would the Imperial March even be more recognizable? Yes. It's not as okay. good, but it's more recognizable. What about this is what I had a buddy say, because I was telling him about this conversation. He said the Indiana Jones theme, which now that I even say that, I can't think of what it is. How's dun, the Indiana dun, Jones? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 Is that not dun, the A-Team? Dude, I don't know. I haven't watched the A-Team. Indiana Jones no, is a... That's an A-list movie. That's a classic. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, so so I that is not as recognizable for me. But but, I, but the what guy about, I was talking to was like very confident that Indiana Jones is more recognizable than, than Duel of the Fates. What about the Harry Potter theme? I bet that's pretty. Yeah, that's that's very recognizable. If you hear like two notes of that, you know it's Harry Potter. I mean, first and foremost, shout out to John Williams for making all of these. Like that dude is the goat. But John Williams did Indiana Jones as well. Yes, John Williams did Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Indiana Jones, and Jaws, and Jurassic Park, which we haven't even talked about. I don't know what a Jurassic Park theme would be, but Jaws is obviously the the shark, you know. Da-na. Yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park is... Oh my gosh, that's right. Dude, this guy's a legend. Are you serious? rocks, yeah. And I think which one of those is like the most famous or recognizable is subjective to who's talking. Because like for my dad... He would say it's Jaws, and I would say no one our age cares ja- I about mean, Jaws. Jaws. But Jaws is very recognizable. That's yes. the same. You, you only, um, wow, like I wish I all... had. I wish when I was when I was having this conversation with my buddy, I wish I had the knowledge to be like they're all the same guy. All of these are made by the same guy because that is really cool. They've all reached like peak levels of saturation like i think everyone knows all of them yeah dude i'm i'm just so impressed this guy is a legend yeah what was the oh, wow. the other guy we were talking about was it um danny elfman could never danny elfman is good he's I, he's getting he's getting there okay he's no john williams he's definitely no john williams but but, you know, A Nightmare Before Christmas on the Spider-Man movies. And I think he did some Batman movies, right? He's good. You know, the other one, like those, I only know like three soundtrack composers, but it, and it's those two. And then Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Rocks. Yeah. The yeah. Pirates of the uh, Caribbean 
theme song is still also one of my favorites. Like it and okay, what's that one? Duel of what's Fate. that one? Give me a couple notes on Oh my gosh, Just, that one that one is a jam. Perfect adventure music fits a pirate movie so well. <laughs> you know who is also good? I'll give a shout out to a to a smaller composer just because we live in america probably but murray gold beethoven oh murray, yeah Shit. murray gold he is the guy that did like doctor who for like a long time and then he took a couple years off but now he's actually back with these specials and man he doctor who always has some really good themes that just like for the perfect spot so he's pretty good too he's no han zimmer or john williams He's yeah. more like a Danny Elfman, I'd say. There truly is no shame in that. I was joking. <laughs> um, sounds like these specials spared no expense. No, they didn't. They were awesome. I'm excited to talk about them if we ever get to. Yeah, I'm excited to watch those other two episodes. They're pretty good. The second, they're they're both they're both. Man, it's just it's just fun. It's just fun to have the show be good again. It's sad that it's like over. You know, <laughs> yeah, three episodes. Yeah, I feel that. All right, okay. Um, should we end it on um, the note of John Williams being the goat? Absolutely. If I didn't think it would get like copyright, st- copyright written struck like immediately, I would put in Duel of Fates here. I think that that phrase would be copyright stricken. That sounds better. <laughs> As I was saying it, I was second-guessing myself. I wonder if we could find a way to make the theme John Williams type of music. Like, is there... You think there's, like, an app where you can, like, John Williams-ify a tune? Dude. Anyway, Zach, why don't you look into that? And And if you find a way to do it, listeners, if Zach finds a way to do that... Then the outro you're going to hear is going to be a John Williams version of our nope. theme. What we got to do is we got to get Ian Hickey to make a John Williams cover album in the style of our theme song. Yeah, there you go. We'll have. Yeah. If there's no app, we'll just have someone do it. If AI can't do this yet, we'll just we'll just have to like get a real person to or something. Yeah. What a yeah. shame supporting actual artists. Yeah. All right. Well, speak of the devil. Thank you to Ian Hickey for all of our music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you to all the webheads for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. Zach, that just reminded me. We've gotten some really nice comments lately. Okay. We have. Should I, should I pull up the email and read? read yeah, I'm surprised I didn't mention it. I, know, I have I that meant- in my note. Respond to Nicholas from Ontario comment. And we got another one. Okay, and and we're, and we're playing chess against the people. <laughs> this is great. Look at our growth in like a little under a year. I'm so yep. proud of you guys. Thank you. Yep. Um, Nicholas says, thanks for doing the podcast. As someone who has been read Ultimate Spider-Man about 10 times now, it's been really nice slowly following along and hearing your guys' perspective on each arc. And then he's actually got some suggestions that maybe, you know, we should continue to cover the the new Ultimate Spider-Man series when it comes out. Um, and he gave us some of his favorite stories because we do always ask, hey, if you've got an idea for like a bonus episode, send it in. So some of some of Nicholas's favorites, Zach, tell me if you've read any of these. 
Amazing Spider-Man by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr. Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Jeff Loeb, that's a I know him. He did uh for the Batman. Batman comics, I think. Yeah, maybe yeah. like the Long Halloween or something. You read Hush. And then, yes. And then Craven's Last Hunt by J.M. DeMattis and Mac Mike Zek. Thanks for everything you guys do, Nicholas, Toronto, Ontario. Thank you, yeah. Nicholas. Thank you. Um, I don't want to subject John to the J. Michael Straczynski run because he's happier for not knowing what sins past and one more day are. Um, but it, that one is a more fun day. That is when Peter Parker's sperm is killing Mary Jane, right? No, worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the most hated. But it's story. like what the movie was based on. It's like what the most recent movie was based on, right? Like Spider-Man tries to make everyone forget about him, and then... Well, now you're conflating it with the actual thing. You're talking about something else with the sperm. Okay, then I got those two mixed up. Yeah. Damn it, you already know. I don't yeah, even know. It's a very unpopular story. About. No, you're good. Um, the Straczynski run is fun in the sense that it runs like co-current to the Bendis run, and you can kind of see... like you know they were both cooking at the same time but uh there are some real doozies in there <laughs> well um well we still appreciate the comment and also we got another great comment from lawrence who says great podcast keep them coming i really enjoy this show great content spider-man rocks hell yeah lawrence is that he from he arabia it doesn't say Okay, I'm going to assume so. Thank you. Yeah. Um okay, let me get let me get uh let me get back to the outro here. So yeah, thank thanks for everyone for leaving uh for listening and leaving a review or a comment. You guys can find us the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else you'd find podcasts. And you can come and chat with us and leave us some comments on Instagram at first read podcast, send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com. And find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week. See ya.